0: Welcome back to episode 149 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we interview Mitchell Chavez about the macroeconomic conditions. Here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, we dive into the history of bank collapses and why it's happened in the past and why it might be happening right now. Next, Iman and I question if the US government will lose its title as the world's most powerful country. Then we examine how technology represents society throughout each generation and acknowledge that ego causes progress. Finally, we discuss why Iman and I continue to search for the next big thing. Will it be the metaverse? All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 149 of the Blockrunner Podcast. I am your host, William. Always here with your co-host, Iman. What up, what up? All right. And a special guest with us, we got Mitch Chavez. He spent his entire career in the financial industry, right?
1: Yeah, I spent the last seven years of my life in uh, banking.
0: He's also
2: the guy who got me into crypto because we had like a drunken night one night. Yeah. He came (laughs) into my old office and we're like, dude, it's like, how do we make more money. And then like, we just like, what about that crypto thing? And then I was like, oh, I bought Bitcoin like a couple of years back, looked at it. Yeah. And it like multiplied six X since yeah. I bought it. And I was yeah. like, ever since then, dude, I've been stuck in this whole damn freaking race.
1: Yeah. That was crazy. That was the time where it took an hour to send Bitcoin from one point into the other, no yeah. matter what fee you paid. Yeah. yeah. I yeah.
2: mean, it was totally ridiculous. And then we got in, discovered Binance, uh, discovered ICOs, yeah and then everything hit the fan <laughs> yeah. and then here we are dude everything's
0: reemerging. yeah so mitch actually joined a podcast with us like two years ago yeah about three yeah and it was uh we were oh, uh, we were fuck. showing him it was just an audio podcast at yeah. the time and we were showing him a video of corridor digital with the video of the, robot. the robots yeah oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah and uh and so at the time everybody thought it was real but you know So you were just, like, testing,
2: like, uh, to see if he would, like, fall for it or not?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember that. So we had, yeah, dude, this podcast has come a long way. Much more beautiful setup. Yeah. But one thing has changed, I guess, since we started is, like, economic turmoil. Things that we used to kind of, like, predict were going to happen one day are actually happening. Yeah, they're happening. (laughs) Happening. It's like a fucking script that's, like, actually being delivered in real time. That's what it feels like. So that's kind of, like, the nature of what we want to talk about is, like, what's bullshit like what's sensationalism what's real and like what's the scope of like i guess you know how bad yeah can shit actually get because like me and will talk about this all the time like i had difficulty convincing him (laughs) because he doesn't have good historical context he doesn't like history i I didn't i do now (laughs) i have respect for it now right so you know yeah. you, you have to understand history to kind of like understand where this could all lead right like
0: so let's start with what's happening now so we were having a conversation offline about everything that we're going to be talking about today and uh so right now we have five banks that have failed right silicon valley bank signature we have um the first republic mm-hmm. credit suisse
1: and silvergate
0: and silvergate yeah right all of them a lot of them collapse Credit Suisse is survived. Silicon Valley Bank was just purchased yesterday for five hundred million dollars by another bank, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, all of it stems from the the fact that they were purchasing these assets, these bonds. Yeah, that had a particular interest rate a year ago. They purchased it for like a ten year sort of a maturity 30 date, thirty year ma- maturity date, yeah, thirty year. Wow. So those
2: those are supposed to be like perceived as probably like the most stable and like most trustworthy of like. Vehicles to park your money, right? Like a thirty year bond?
1: a uh, Thirty year mortgage backed security in uh SBB's case. And Silvergate's case, the f- there is nothing wrong creditly yeah. with him. Uh yeah. Barney Frank, if you know who that is, he wrote the legislation in two thousand eight, actually sat on the board mm-hmm. of Signature Bank. Hmm. Why signature bank went under is that they had crypto deposits. They had eleven billion of them and the federality said nope. Hmm. And they and they pretty much uh, they fired all the the management and they shut down the bank because there's a there's a systematic risk because they had too many not enough like real cash deposits yeah. to their to their um crypto deposits yeah and so that's why they that's why they failed right but there's nothing with credit SVB failed is because they had too much liquidity from uh 2020 mm-hmm. you know you had uh Circle yeah Coinbase um mm-hmm. who's the Kraken. Who's, Kraken, who's the other one that had USDC? Uh, it was Circle and oh, Coinbase. okay, yeah. and then they had like Uber on their balance or on, on their depositor. Mm-hmm. And so any good management would have lent out credit. Uh, instead, you know, in my opinion, I think they got lazy and they 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 bought too many mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, They bought those bonds and, you know, how a bond works is, you know, I have $100, I, I pay you sell me the bond for ninety nine mm-hmm. and there's a there's something called a coupon rate is one percent so they're getting a one percent coupon rate let let's say annually right so mm-hmm. like every year they got a dollar on their bond yeah mm-hmm. and it, at at maturity date they would have got their ninety nine dollars back and plus the interest rate and so that gives the incentive to purchase the bond right yeah but in this case the Federal Reserve raise their interest rates. So before, you know, when COVID happened, they raised their in they lowered the interest rates to zero. Yeah, And then in the past year or two, they slowly been, uh, raising them back up.
2: So that's because whenever you lower interest rates, so that's quantitative easing, right? Whenever interest rates are low and they're just printing like crazy, right? Is that, that's QE. Yeah, that's so QE. that that's what started in, in 2008. And I guess like over time they started slowly tightening it. And then because COVID happened, that's, that was the only way to, I guess, what, like sustain the shutdown of the economy basically. Right? Well,
1: yeah, because the the economy stopped when COVID happened, everybody was scared of the virus and to, to, um, increase spending, you know, to, to, to gain confidence back in the economy, they raised, they lowered the interest rate to zero. And then they said, no fractional reserves in banking, which caused, you know, this big money boom in assets. And they
2: mm-hmm. said also what else did they say like infinite like reserves basically like Yeah they it, said
1: unlimited unlimited easing.
2: Yeah basically like money printer as long as we need it to go huh right and from an outsider's perspective that doesn't make any freaking sense like how the united states federal reserve is like in that position where they could just kind of like activate these types of well things.
0: i think they were in a in a new position with the covid virus spreading and they had to shut down everybody yeah so they had to i guess go to take like unprecedented measures. measures i yeah. guess
2: but there is a, an, an outcome of this right inflation that's where the inflation came from right
1: that's exactly where the inflation came from yeah
2: so now we're in like a whole new period It's like oh fuck you know now, like the common man are starting to like feel the impacts of all that. We didn't really feel it during COVID because we could still buy everything so in a non-inflationary environment, right? But now it's like, dude, it's difficult to go out and buy stuff, right?
1: Yeah, grocery. You know, uh, <laughs> like fifty bucks in groceries. You know, four years ago, you, yeah, you, know, you got a lot of groceries yeah. now. Yeah. It's
2: like I remember, I remember, dude. Yeah, that used to be my budget, like a weekly fifty dollars. Like I'm good. Yeah, I, it's at least ninety, a hundred bucks now. It's like you know, I get the same goods, you know, and everybody's feeling that yeah so that's the fed's job right
1: seven dollar for eggs yeah that's why i got
2: chickens up the ass yeah like (laughs)
0: producing my own eggs yeah so yeah you brought some for us today i sure did yeah yeah. thank you very much you're welcome
2: that's a seven dollar carton dude those are organic and uh they're probably healthier and i don't know about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) still nonetheless you're welcome willis no appreciate it so i have a question for you mitch this, the situation that's happened with these five banks, maybe a hundred banks. Um, there's, there's a, another tweet out there that's yeah. saying that there's about 130 banks in the exact same situation where yeah. there's 2 trillion in unrealized losses. So my question to you is, isn't this the, the normal process of banks to buy these mortgage backed securities? And like, this is, this is no, nothing different is happening today than what was happening 20 years ago. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, uh that's what that's what I would say exactly. Are you referencing that chart right there?
0: Well, not not exactly this chart, but I'm talking about like the process of a bank is no different today for the most part, uh, obviously outside of dot frank and all that. Is no different to today than it was 20 years ago. They were still uh, buying these assets 20 years ago. There were still unrealized losses at some point, right? They they've always had unrealized losses depending on the market conditions. So nothing different is is really happening other than the fact that the Fed has increased interest rates at a astronomical rate mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the assets that they were purchased in 2021 2022 time are now heavy losses under the, on their balance sheet
1: unrealized losses yes
0: okay so so the difference today than than in past history is just the Fed hiking up rates at at extremely high rate is that correct
1: oh man there's a <laughs> There's a lot to unravel in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if I had to reference that chart, you know, uh, when they say derivatives, okay, you know, a derivative is like, you know, let's say an option, right? Mm-hmm. Like a bond, okay, right? It could be something called a swap caked into that. So, um, you know, a, a swap is another financial product where, for the for the customer, you fix into rate, but mm-hmm. somebody's taking on the risk of the other side. So okay. you fix the rate for yourself, but there's other counterparties, one taking like the low end, one taking the high end. Mm. And uh, so that's part of derivatives. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, um, what else would I say? I'm not sure, but like there's more caked into that. Like we were talking earlier, like when you purchased your house. Right. 2% interest rate. Right. Somebody's holding the other side of that. And mm-hmm. it's it's like some schmuck bank that got smoked. But, <laughs> but for the... <laughs> but for the entire you know that's why you saw the assets you, you had um you had house prices lowered and mm-hmm. had like a bunch of capital flow into the system and everybody bought those houses house prices went up they fixed it at two percent and yeah that's that's part of their unrealized losses too mm, because interesting because now you can you can get a um was it called a 30-year or not even a 10-year i think it's like at four percent yeah So what's more profitable? Is it it more profitable for the banks to hold it at 2% or use that capital to buy it at 4%? They're taking a loss somewhere.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
2: So in no case, like, I guess, I don't know. Anytime there's like a banking collapse or fiasco going on, fingers have to be pointed straight at the the banks themselves. Like somehow they fucked this up. Like in 2008, I guess they made movies about this shit. Yeah, they did. (laughs) At least two. The banks got fucking greedy. Yeah. Because the mortgage-backed security, I guess, uh, I, I don't know. They figured out like new methods to make bad loans into like credit. I, actually, there was a legit fraud yeah, happening was, there, right? Yeah, that was
1: that's a little bit different. Yeah, that was, that was straight up fraud.
2: Basically, they're lying about yes. the creditworthiness of these of these instruments or whatever. In this case, did the banks do anything wrong? Is I guess kind of yeah. like the root of your question, or yeah. is this just like the Federal Reserve is really to blame here? Like they may maybe yeah.
0: they're just. That's my question. It's, it's yeah.
1: definitely the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Uh, you know, I work in a commercial bank. I'm mm-hmm. probably one step below corporate finance, mm-hmm. um, and I don't see any credit issues yeah. happening, at least in the in the state of Texas. Yeah. Everywhere else, I don't know, but I know our economy is fine, and I'm not seeing defaults. Yes, this is a uh, result of the Federal Reserve.
2: It just blows my mind, like because I mean, I guess in, in the beginning of this, this was like a regional bank dilemma and i guess I'd, it makes sense why like tech tech heavily mm. like uh serviced banks are the first ones to crumble because i guess the tech space kind of experienced a little bit of a bubble and now they're kind of experiencing a pullback now right like most of them are laying off like tens of thousands
0: of employees maybe it's they got over exuberant like tech for the last 20 years like exploded yeah and all of a sudden it was like this this music is never going to stop Okay. So, oh, so yeah. they they kept buying these like uh, over leveraged or they kept buying these assets that ended up being, you know, now a lot less valuable. Mm-hmm. And it was just being um, exuberant <laughs> on just the whole tech sector. And that's why the <laughs> banks that serve as the tech sector ended up falling first.
1: Yeah, but the signs were there. Well, do y'all remember those TikToks of those like beautiful women showing like their, their job at the tech company? Yeah, dude. Oh, no, like, yeah. You're like, that, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, do they even work? Dude, yeah, <laughs> I've been saying the
2: same thing. I was like, how the fuck does Twitter have, like, tens of thousands of employees? Like, their yeah. website is ass. Yeah. They never made updates before Elon, like, stepped in. Yeah, It's like, they have to just be around playing hacky sack all fucking day in the <laughs> office and, like, eating fucking kale salads. And that's yeah. exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Because of TikTok. Like, and, yeah. and they
1: probably were. And, you know, the Fed raises the, the interest rate a little bit. And, you know, yeah. you have, like, all these layoffs everywhere across the tech sector. But yeah.
2: see you were saying something earlier, this is by design, like so those indicators you're talking about that you saw like these like hot chicks on TikTok <laughs> getting like like two hundred thousand dollar a year salaries as recruiters Remember, yeah. so like that was an indication exactly. of like we're at peak economy, right
1: that, that was the indication we were at peak economy, yeah <laughs> it's
2: kind of like whatever in the crypto market you're trying to break yeah. the top. Yeah, hey, yeah we're yeah. looking for like ridiculous outlier signs like when katie perry got her nails they're all like cryptoed yeah. out yeah yeah yeah. that was a top indicator or like you go to world star hip-hop it's like you know, you know how much ripple you got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah those are the top indicators so th- th- this is happening on like a macroeconomic scale like there's indications out there that we've reached a point where the fed has to step in and like slow shit down right so like that's what raising interest rates are for, right? It's, it's designed to slow down the economy's yeah, the, the,
1: progress. Uh, the, the Fed raising the rates is designed to suck money out of the economy, to yeah. slow mm-hmm. down spending, to slow down de- demand, and then yeah. you'll see prices naturally go down. But, but, you know, as the Federal Reserve has been saying, like they've been saying for the past two years, yeah. unfortunately, like the, the workers yeah. are, are the inflation. So how do, you, how do you get rid of the workers? You, you raise the interest rates, slow down spending to create layoffs. And now there's no, there's less money floating around in the economy Mm -hmm. and inflation goes down.
2: So, okay. The mechanics of like, so we're crypto people, obviously, (laughs) I'd say our, uh, concept of like our understanding of economics stems from like tokenomics. Right? So token economies have these very like clear cut circular systems where like money come or emission of tokens it means like more in circulation and then most of them have some sort of like burn mechanic in order to create that stability in their token economy. We never I never made like the personal correlation to how like the whole financial system is basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing I can't understand is like how do you how does the inflation or the the measures taken by the Federal Reserve actually result in like a, a, a quantitative removal of dollars out of the financial system in the same way like a real burn address in crypto actually like takes tokens out of the supply. You know what I mean? Right. Like I never understood that. How does the Fed do that?
1: Yeah. So, so when COVID happened, well, l- let me explain like how assets went up and why we saw what we saw 70K Bitcoin in what yeah. year, 2021? one. Twenty November 2020, 2021. 2021. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in, in 2020, we had COVID happen, right? Mm hmm you know, you saw the stock market crash. Mm -hmm. And so why did it crash? People were selling, uh, stocks and and everything. I guess, yeah, Yeah. I guess everything and an anticipation of a liquidity crunch. What kind of what we're having now Mm -hmm. because uh, the economy stopped, but they're like, the feds like, hold on. Yeah. Um, no, we're, we're doing unlimited quantitative easing. We're raising the reserve rate to zero. Yeah. And, and then, um, what are they they gave everybody helicopter money through stimulus yeah. checks? Oh, dude,
0: I forgot about that. I yeah. think it was only two, twice, like 1200 bucks
1: Yeah, each. but th- that times like 300 billion? Sure. Million. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a big airdrop.
2: <laughs> and I think I think yeah. if you had like a bunch of kids, you got more, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's it's right. It's true. I think you got like 3 grand if you had like yeah. more than two kids or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: And so if crypto wasn't in any in, in bleh, any indicator. You should have looked at the stock market. You saw what saw Zoom go up to like four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, what is, I, remember that. I, don't, I don't even know how Zoom makes money. Um, they charge a subscription. Okay, okay. So at okay.
0: fifty bucks a month, something like that.
1: But like Teladoc, like all those stocks that are what near like Carvana, what they're like ten dollars a share now. You know, after their interest rates got raised up a little bit. Yeah. So you had this huge inflow of money, and then at the same time, you had the supply chain break down. Yeah. And so. Yeah we all remember how the prices of cars just skyrocketed yeah, yeah. rocketed, because we had all this money. It didn't cost anything to borrow. Yeah. There was too much demand and not enough supply. So we had a supply chain breakdown. Break mm-hmm. And then um, I'm not sure what else. Oh, there's and then, no food. And, and then in the, in the banking sector, we were lending like crazy because the demand, what money's cheap, the demand's high. Mm-hmm. Bankers make money off of two things. They make money off the it's called the interest rate margin is is pretty much the spread of the loans. And I'll, I'll get back to that later. And then mm-hmm. the fees. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I just did a loan, you know, let's, let's say it was, it was about a hundred million dollars. We took a 1% fee. Yeah. Hmm. Just to write it. Yeah. So we took a million dollars just to write it. Yeah. And so we had like, you know, all these, all these fees coming in, all this, you know, people are getting their bonuses because the interest rates are zero. So you have these people spending, like they bought equipment, right. And it flows to like, to whoever sells the equipment and they have more money to spend on things and they have more money. And then so naturally the inflation grows up. They yeah. what they put like $3 trillion mm-hmm. into the economy. Yeah, It, it
2: was did. insane. Yeah. yeah. But the inflation, I guess, takes a while for it to be, felt or I guess like realized, because there's actual inflation of like the dollar supply, right? Like that's actually what the Fed does. They print, think of them as tokens, but they're United yeah. States dollars, right? They're metrics of value. That's what the, that's that's an, but the actual feelings of inflation when it hits the consumer sector, gas, right? food, that takes time. What? why, why does that take time? Like why, how come it's not felt right away? Yeah. You know, like we didn't really start to see the prices rise for like a couple of years later. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah. So, so like with people who have the money printer, like the people who who make stuff in it, well, so we are the world's reserve currency, right? We're Mm -hmm. the gold mine. Yeah. So people buy their debt from us all around the world. Yeah. Right. So we're the Americans are actually the first one who who received the benefit from our gold mine of our money printing. Mm -hmm. So now we're able to buy more stuff from foreign manufacturers, Oh, okay. And, you know, the foreign manufacturers get rich. Like, let's say the people who own the companies get rich. Yeah. But then that money is not flowing to the plebe, the common man. And then they get more poor and wealth inequality spreads like that. But Hmm. but as more money flowed into the system, the dollar, it took more dollars to buy more goods. Hmm. And so that's why you started to see inflation. That's why it took so long because it was coming from all the way... Okay. The so the inflation,
0: of- basically, inflation hit everywhere outside of the United States all, first, all instantly, once. and then it trickled back to us. Yes. Wow.
2: Yeah, I heard that from. I think Bulaji said Bology, the same thing. Like yeah. it's kind of like a everywhere else around the world, kind of like felt the financial crisis. Like we, by design, right? That is yeah. the position of power you get whenever you have like the world reserve currency. Right. It's there's a lot of benefits, I guess, and you probably don't feel the downside of it unless you're not like natively part of the yeah. of the united states well, yeah you
1: know? well when you have all the capital or yeah we can go back to wealth and inequality or so when you when the people who got all the capital were able to buy more assets so like people who bought stocks got rich off of stocks people yeah. who had a lot of money to buy crypto mm-hmm. they got rich off of crypto and if you only had your 1200 stimulus check what you got like five grand yeah i didn't do anything like yeah. three years down the line but if you made like tens of millions of dollars you know you're sitting pretty good yeah so that explains so when the federal reserve raised the interest rate to zero that explains why we experienced inflation mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah. now to curve stop, inflation yes, to to stop inflation the federal reserve is calling all those dollars back okay. by raising the interest rate interesting okay. calling
2: the dollars back and I guess nobody really knows. There's no like quantitative measure to like actually see like an actual like dilution or reduction. What's the inverse of, just like a pullout? Because like everyone just kind of like waits for Jerome Powell to come on stage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, yeah, we're going to either continue raising rates or we're going to pivot and like go back down. I guess that means nobody has an actual eye on the actual inflation metrics except for them, right? Because how, how are yeah. they the only ones to kind of determine... Or like know the future outcome of the economy. You know what I mean? Does that make?
1: Yeah. There's, so there's economic mm-hmm. indicators that they look at. Um, yeah. But the, the numbers that they they put out are faked and rigged. And <laughs> See, that <laughs> makes well, more sense. No, it yeah. really does. And I will yeah. explain why they're faked and rigged. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like, you know how we have the CPI, a basket yeah. of goods, the basket of goods that they measured inflation off of. Was from like... Yeah, that's it, true. It's, it's different from a, what it was like 50 years ago. Now it's something completely... I don't know what it is. Yeah. But the reason why I say it's faked and rigged because it changes the entitlements in the U.S. that they have to pay out. Mm-hmm. So if they fake and rig it to a certain dollar amount, they can they can control how much money they pay out. Mm-hmm. So like for Social Security, that's based off the CPI. Oh, okay. So that's why I was saying they fake and rig. Like they, yeah. they have to or, you know, so really retirees should be getting more money if it, if, it, if it matched up to inflation. Yeah. How does eggs go up 700% and we're saying, oh, inflation's 6%. Yeah, yeah just- exactly. <laughs> that's that's would, a good
0: point. Yeah.
2: That didn't make any sense to me either. That's like, an excellent point.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so
2: yeah, I guess back to the fucking Fed, man. God damn it.
0: So would so, you say Jerome Powell is more powerful than the president of the United States?
1: Oh, I would man, say. That's, he's a very powerful man. Uh, I mean, he
0: basically him? has
1: the button on
0: on Earth right now.
2: Yeah, but how does he even like? Doesn't he get appointed by the president? Or how,
1: you how, are appointed that you're position, appointed, right? Yes,
2: by the president. Or
1: no, no, I, I forget who appoints him. Yeah, and it, and it might be what what is it called? Or what's the presidential like, up, branch yeah. called? The executive branch. Yeah. See, that's why you oh, learn it's like about a, government. <laughs> I,
2: everything to understand what the fuck's yeah. going on because obviously something's happening, right? Like banks are fucking falling like flies, which is not normal you know yeah inflation's up and then they keep raising these interest rates it's been like nine consecutive increases or something like that and shit's not getting any cheaper (laughs) at least not yet because we we, i guess we experienced a a lag and noticing that in like the consumer product sector like after the inflation occurred so i'm assuming there's going to be like a an equal lag to experience a
1: drop in prices like after these measures have been taken. Yeah. There is a lag every time the fed uh, raises interest rates or lowers interest rates. It takes about six months to feel the effects. So whatever we did six months ago in terms of, I know we raised the rate, what like 200 base, 2% basis, 200 basis points, which is 2%. Yeah. Somewhere around there. And we haven't felt that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Shit's not regulating yet is my point. And so it's like, it's really hard to determine like whether or not this is ha- having any like real impact yet.
1: You know what I mean? Well, it well it has because you're seeing the layoffs happen. Okay. Now
0: that after that's after, a, after six
2: months.
1: Yeah, right? and there's it's yeah. gonna get even worse. Yeah,
2: yeah, I can imagine. There's no way only the tech sector is gonna get hit, right? So I guess the big question is like, are we on our way to like a full blown recession? And when we when we talk about this, we always say like, is this gonna be the one though? Like yeah. the the big one where like an economic reset is a going depression, to
0: depression, a 1920s depression.
2: Yeah. I guess in order to come to that conclusion though, you have to understand like what caused that? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I, I think uh, it would be hard to compare something that happened a hundred years ago because the United States was an economic or military powerhouse that it was a hundred years ago. Uh, the, the reason why the fed had to do stuff like raise 75 basis points, you know, we haven't done that since the nineties. Hmm. To, to curb inflation. And I think we did it three times or they did it three times. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in unprecedented. I can't even say that. Unprecedented, unprecedented? territory. Yeah. Uncharted lands basically. uncharted lands. Well, it's cause I
2: guess, yeah, there's different environment, I guess. Different if you look at the charts and it's just because QE started in 2008, right? So basically this is just like the federal reserve injecting value into our economy that doesn't seem like organic. It seems like artificial, something that's not obviously not sustainable. We're seeing the effects of that now, right? So that's why we're, we're pointing to this is we've been kicking this problem down the road since 2008. Like the actual financial collapse should have happened back then, right? Yeah. So by kicking the can this long, I'm assuming like, we're going to have as dramatic of a drop-off as we had like an uprise, right? And then,
0: yeah. So we have this conversation frequently on this podcast, me and Iman and I, where we discuss the one, right? The, the one, the point in time where the United States dollar is no longer the federal, the world's reserve currency. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing right, probably elements of that starting, right? So the question is, what is it going to take for the United States to actually lose that power? Like what, is it a debt ceiling situation? Is it more banks collapsing? Is it yeah. uh, a superpower like China, just like positioning themselves for the last 30 years mm. to be pr- producers instead of consumers like the United States is? Like wh- what, what what does it take from a like historical standpoint?
1: I think for us to, to lose the status of the world reserve currency is we we would go to war and we would lose. That's, that's what would happen. It
2: seems like the most like obvious of, right? Like that if you're, if you're number one, you go to war, you lose, you're, you're not number one anymore, but it seems like the thing that most people don't want to like address or like accept or believe like that's even going to happen. So
0: let's hash that a little bit further. So when uh, we were talking about this offline, you mentioned uh, world war two and then I, and you mentioned the same thing It's like, it's going to take a war. And I asked you why what about a war the exchange of war allows a country that wins to just be just dominate like what what's the exchange that happens in a war that's required now in order for the united states to actually lose that power
1: yeah so what uh, happened in world war Two is in in short and that europe and asia got completely destroyed Mm-hmm. America was untouched, and it became, and they became the world's manufacturer.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm, that's the, okay.
1: The rest of the world had no, pl- nowhere else to go. I- except buy their goods from the United States. Mm. So you know, as a country, everybody got rich. Yeah. the The people who owned the businesses got rich. Workers got rich, uh, and everybody felt that that's where the American.
2: Dream, dream came from. Like yep.
1: you, you know, you know where it came from. It came from a whole generation of the world's men, except the United States, died and their countries destroyed. That's where the wealth came from. Mm. Whether whether you like it, it is not a pretty, yeah. not a pretty picture for that to occur. Yeah. So as time went on, you know the rest of the world recovered. You know the the generation of men recovered, and our dollar was strong. So when your dollar is strong, and another uh. Country's currency is weak. You can buy more goods from that other country, mm-hmm. right? And so you had, you know, foreign manufacturers come into the United States and say, you know, you know, I make cars. It's like, oh, you make really good cars. You know, like let us say Honda, right? Yeah. And then slowly, you know, you know, like you saw with Detroit, mm-hmm. like more people bought the. It was it was cheaper to outsource the labor to everywhere else instead of the U S because labor costs so much and the dollar was so strong. And so mm-hmm. you had like, you know, the Japanese business man getting rich. You had whoever controlled the, the workers in America get rich, but you saw the workers get poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you saw a greater and greater inequality. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, let's say in the nineties or yeah, you know, the, you know, when we we're alive, you realize that it's like, Oh, my $20 went so far. You can buy so many goods with like, what, how much a Nintendo costs? Like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I bet, or, or I talked to some guy in the eighties. It's like, I made a hundred thousand dollars in the eighties. That's 500 grand today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we're seeing, and, and we're still seeing the same thing now that everybody is, everybody's generation of men is back. Uh, are, and, and we don't manufacture anything anymore. Yeah. So, we're selling our debt. Uh, everybody has our dollars, and we have like huge corporations getting rich. The people that work for them are, you know, maybe kind of rich. You know, like let's say tech, right? Makes 200, a year, but then you have like a huge group of people getting poor. Yeah, you, know?
2: you could see that too. Like, just like in the culture of, I guess, where is tech? Well, in I mean, San Francisco. You, basically. Hey, dude, San
0: Francisco, there's like towers like these like beautiful buildings but right on the street floor there's like so many homeless people
2: yeah it's fucking crazy basically if you don't work in a tech company in san francisco you're fucked yeah and that that is that the perfect visualization of that separation of uh of i guess financial inequality that's happening in america those workers are doing great yeah if you work in that because that is like the only sector native to this country i would say well that can sustain
0: living in that environment
2: well, it's just because we've outsourced everything to other countries. Like when it comes to manufacturing of, I don't know, like cars or anything, anything, tables, really. everything, everything. So like if you work in those sectors and it, when you're in that country, then you're probably like the wealthy middle class. You're yeah. actually like, well, maybe actually probably not. You're probably being like exploited in those countries or else. That's yeah. why we've outsourced them doesn't, to begin with. right?
1: Doesn't Nike have like slave labor in different. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Allegedly. Um,
2: yeah i'm sure they're not alone dude like all these fucking mines in africa that's so we could have all these beautiful little devices right yeah so
1: anybody who hopes that we don't become a world superpower and you live in the united states if we lose our reserve currency status the quality of your life is going to get way worse even if you're poor already you don't want that to happen
3: so
2: um if you're biology, you shouldn't be betting a million dollars that that we're gonna h- experience hyperinflation within ninety days because well he doesn't want to uh, to win the million dollars right I'm sure not but still like even putting that like
0: sense of it out there like affects markets a bit don't you think I think it does I think it does but I think he's proving a point it's like either either you do nothing and you and you get screwed or you go to the lifeboat known as Bitcoin and you at least have some sort of chance. Yeah. Well, that's definitely like his main motivation. It's it's a, it's a marketing tactic, uh, for, for, for the good of people. Right. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't wouldn't Bitcoin be your hedge against USA collapsing.
0: It would be. I th- isn't that like the whole, that's the whole print almost premise of Bitcoin at <laughs> least a Bitcoin maximalists.
2: Well, that's what Satoshi's white paper said, right? It was it did, like, yeah. it's basically, oh shit, 2008 happened. Uh, you know, the whole financial system was wobbling and at the verge of like becoming extinct if the Federal Reserve didn't step in and do what they did. So we should probably have like a plan B yeah. set up just in case. So let's let's create like a, you know,
0: a digital currency. Yeah, let me solve one of the biggest computer yeah. science problems first yeah. and then we have money.
1: I feel like the powers that be... if before we experience a hyperinflation scenario, we would go to war.
0: You think it has war has to happen first? Well, I guess. I mean, this would be a formidable battle because well, the United States is well equipped. But now China, Russia, they're they're kind of well equipped too.
2: Iran, Iran, Iran especially. But how does war like cause hyperinflation? Just because we have to print to like fund it?
1: No, no, I'm talking about to prevent it, to keep our oh. reserve currency status. Because if like all the uh, with the U S treasuries came back into the United States, we lost our reserve currency status. Yeah. We're going to experience hyperinflation anyways.
0: But, but wouldn't the tactic be to attack all the manufacturing companies and like just destroy their economy. And then that way we become, well, shit, then we're destroying our own <laughs> products. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. I, I, I
1: think it goes <laughs> like a little bit more deeper and complicated than that, you know, cause we have the like the petrodollar, you know yeah. like yes. our our dollar is backed by something is backed by oil yeah you know it's backed by missiles and the you know yeah. and, and the stability of this country 30 years ago ukraine didn't exist it was mm-hmm. russia
3: yeah
2: yeah i don't
1: i don't, I don't know when it was 91 89 91 somewhere in that zone yeah yeah so you know we have you know maintained as a country for what like 200 almost 300 years mm-hmm that's uh you know, that's a pretty good run. I don't think that's a very good it run. Is. A lot
2: of innovation has like been spun out as a result of like the dollar. Like we talked yeah. to a guy from the Beanstalk team and he kind of explained to us the importance of like a stable currency, right? Because that's That's in, what they
0: do. They they yeah. they create stable coins and, based off an algorithm.
2: Yeah. De- de- ignore Terra Luna. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone else is trying to achieve some sort of algo stable coin because the understanding and the motivation behind that is Without stability in the economy, like you're saying, or like a a vehicle, like the dollar that has established enough stability around the world, we wouldn't have anywhere near like where we are, like as a, as a society, as far as innovation without it. No,
0: because if you don't have that, you're basically a poor society who has to think about where the next food is going to come from rather than like, what product can I make, you know, a million dollars from?
2: Well, you probably can't build a financial system on top without it is the point, right? Right. Yeah. So like, that's why like DeFi started with a stablecoin, Right. Right. That, that was the first innovation in web three, like in the DeFi space, yeah, it was, it was a stable coin. Yeah. And then from that came an entire ecosystem of like financial services. Right. So, True. This, so this question of like, what's going like, to like tap into the dollar and the stability of the economy, like that's heading, that's the focus mm-hmm. this day. Right. Because if everything falls apart, I think you're right like what follows is because you can't quickly pick up the pieces and like re, re, reorganize things to achieve a stability anymore there's a middle part usually historically and that's usually war right that, that follows
3: hmm.
0: yeah, do you no, understand
2: it's, will yeah it's i it, am it trying to get you to you, like,
0: know, you know what i'm seeing is a cycle because right now we've been the world's reserve currency for about 100 years and about every 100 years there's always a change in world reserve currency so we're at the tail end of this reign, right? Exactly. If, if it's consistent, right?
1: Well, it's the 80-year cycle. So 80 years ago, it was World War II. 80 years before that, it was the Civil War. And 80 years before that was the birth of the nation. It's mm-hmm. it's about, it about a 80, yeah, about 180-year cycle. But this is the end of the cycle. Fuck. If you yeah, think David. about it, these yeah. aren't normal times. This no,
2: 1,000%. Is- that's, yeah, that's, nothing feels normal at all it feels like we're in that perfect prelude moment again we got proxy wars going
0: on china stepping in you know society is feeling it like psychologically we're there's uh it feels like you know we're a, a lot less mentally healthy there's as a matter of fact today there was a shooting at another school in the united states killed three kids at a private school today oh fuck so i don't know if that's a manifestation of like this sick society but I think that's a whole different
1: yeah that's a that's a whole different can of worms well it is
0: it is i don't think see that's the thing but there's a (laughs) core it feels like there's a correlation to the the more sick society is the more sick things happen
1: yeah that's that goes into a (laughs) a a different tangent (laughs) oh well i'm thinking (laughs) it's not crypto related if i had to if i had to give my analysis it just uh society like represents the technology of the time so every time technology changes mm. there's a war so like when the printing press or there's like a a major war mm-hmm. so i think what was it like in the printing press happened like i think was it like the 1800s like mm-hmm. british yeah. dominated the globe and then you got the the radio which, which you would which world war Two, mm-hmm. you can send the message to uh a, a ton of people Yeah, the television you had all those proxy wars it's like communism's bad and then mm-hmm. what like a bunch of people died, communism killed a bunch, socialism killed a bunch of people, and now we have the internet, and what you see in the internet is that it's decentralized, and what do you see that correlates to that? Mass shootings that pop up randomly out of nowhere.
3: Hmm.
2: Mass shootings? But that's not the grand scale war that we're talking about. Like, that's just...
1: I I think
0: that's just a a side effect of a society experiencing, like, these...
2: Well, for sure. I think, like, a paradigm shift, and maybe, like, uh, when you're disrupting like the human psychology in any way yeah. technology usually is that kind of force that can disrupt our, that's true. our like, you know, innate human behavior that's programmed into us through biology. Right. I
0: mean, d- technology is such a big deal. Like we're, we're in the precipice of a point in time where technology is going to eliminate the majority of jobs. Yeah. Think of what, how, think that about how that's going to affect like the mentality of people when, when they need money to, to pilot put food on the table yeah. and there's no means to get any money because there's very little jobs.
2: Yeah, th- yeah. I mean that's another thing that's not going to be considered independent of like what's going on in the financial system. Yeah, that's another looming like reality dilemma, right? It's this the, the yeah. technology removing or unburdening I guess the need for human contribution. Well, yeah, that's in where the you economy. get the
1: whole idea from UBI from. Yeah. So you have like these people not working but they still need money. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to have you know, a nice cash injection. But so where is
2: that money coming from? It's I gonna guess have,
1: it's gonna have to come from somebody's gonna own the AI. It's gonna have to. Yeah. Come, oh God! It's gonna have to come from somewhere. If it's not, if a bunch of people are poor, there's gonna be a revolution.
0: Yeah, yeah. a thousand percent.
2: So like, this is probably like, I don't know. The, is, the is
0: production this? value of AI, just like the production value of manufacturing, is probably equivalent.
2: But it sounds almost like like everything that technology that's emerging and like the inevitable outcome to society sounds like. The United States isn't even like set up as like a from like a governing standpoint to support this seems like more like China is more properly equipped because it's already a communist organization. The society, the civilization behind China already kind of like gives the authority of their government that right It's like, okay, government, you guys should control AI. You guys Mm. should control technology and produce everything on behalf of humanity. And then, but you better distribute that UVI to us as a result. And then in order to sustain that, that would never work in America. Yeah, you're right. We're never going to give the government that kind of power and authority. I'm going to have
1: to strongly disagree with you there. And the reason why I strongly disagree is that we have to go back a whole three years back to COVID. Oh shit. Yeah, it's true. Remember how everybody like all the everybody was on board with getting the (laughs) shot. Hey, if you don't get your shot, you lose your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, That's the true. government doesn't have to You do got it.
2: mocked for yes. not having a shot. Literally. Mm-hmm. Like you're like this vile piece of shit. <laughs> it's like, dude, settle down, lads. It's like, you know, but you're right.
1: But this this isn't an anti-vax message. It's it's a message saying that, yeah. you know, whoever delivers the message kind of controls the mm-hmm. the what's that? The the culture and and the culture was, you know, getting the shot at that time. It's like yeah. What's what's the message uh, today? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I know, like, a year ago, it was, like, the Ukraine war. Support Ukraine. And then everybody got on board. So. Right now,
2: I think it's banned TikTok. Like, TikTok's right now, like, in, Yeah, they were
0: just in Congress.
2: Yeah, defending themselves. But everybody is, like, they're, they're orchestrating a narrative, anti-China narrative in all respects. And it's, like, oh, this Chinese app you know, is spying on you all. So therefore, everybody should hate and want to support banning TikTok.
1: I have to agree with banning TikTok because the Chinese don't show their citizens what they show the Americans. They Mm. control the algorithm. And what I mean by that, if you looked at the Chinese TikTok, they have, like, limits on kids under 18. It's like, you can only watch it so many hours a day. And when they do watch TikTok, it's, like, some kid, like, playing some cool orchestra or symphony or <laughs> yeah. some kid doing, like, some science project. Really? Or it's Pro-China. Yes. It's that can't
2: perfect. be, like, China's culture can't be that perfect. That seems, like, uh, well, when uh, you, obscured When you perception. control the
1: message, Yeah, it is perfect. And what, what did they change the algorithm to the U.S.? They say... They they create um, dissension amongst the left and the right. That's what yeah. the uh, the algorithm says, mm. and they push extreme narratives, and people see it on both sides, and it causes infighting. So that's why we have to ban TikTok. There, some other countries like controlling our propaganda.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Somehow
2: TikTok has completely captured like the yeah, younger it's, generation. It's wild, like completely, like to the point where we talk about. Dude, it seems like gaming is slowly dying away because somehow tiktok is more entertaining to kids than like playing yeah. a video game which makes no fucking sense to me agreed like i grew up dude there's nothing that can match the experience of playing a video game like as far as like how i want to spend my fun times as yeah. a kid but this new generation they're like dude fuck Fortnite, fuck all this shit i'm just gonna sit there look at my phone well tiktok
1: just- you know you know there's tiktok's pretty awesome you get it like you see a cool like one minute Short. I'm like some guy doing a science experiment, or
2: dude. But is that better than exploring Azeroth? Or <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. But it's a like kind of like a a ex attention span kind. Yeah, of thing. that's that's when's, what it is. When's the last time you sat down and read a book?
2: I don't think I've ever done that to be yeah, honest. Yeah. So I'm already like well suited to be like Tiktoked. Yeah, <laughs> big time.
0: Brainwashed.
2: Yeah. But yeah, but still, but i'm just an individual somehow this has happened like on a massive scale like all billions billions, billions all kids they've destroyed the attention span of kids i don't know if it's on purpose or it's just like people just trying to make money they just they did like their research this is what people want so let's just build it and we'll make a ton of money off of that but nonetheless you know i don't know but back to china dude (laughs) or actually back to like yeah the government system in so we have identified a couple of looming threats: the financial collapse potentially, and then technology as another competing force. These are all like the different factors contributing to this unease, uneasiness, as we feel. I don't know if this is like a product of just us getting older. Like hmm, Maybe yeah. this is just. It,
1: it really, it really isn't. I, it isn't. No, I, I have to. Do, it's not us getting older. It's like society is degrading. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, is <laughs> that what's happening here? No, it's it's um <laughs> our empire getting poorer, okay. While like while we see like a new rising threat, why do you think they try to bring back that whole Russia narrative? Because the boomers remember Russia as the enemy for like 40 or 50 years. Yeah, yeah. So to them it makes sense. Yeah. To us there's like. Who cares about Russia? The USSR wasn't, like, when I was, like, 10 years old, like, there was no USSR. No.
2: Yeah. They just, like, made them look a little spooky and, like, fucking Metal Gear Solid games or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, the the context of our Russia.
0: They always had a scar over their eye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like an eye patch or something.
2: Yeah, Russia bad, you know. But there's a reason why, like, that's the portrayal because we were at, like, fucking tensions with that nation for many, many, many years. For, like, 50 years. (laughs) Yeah. So it's 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 an understandable like propaganda, or but.
1: or why it makes sense for the boomers because they yeah. grew up with that enemy with that for beer. so with, was so long, you know. But yeah. but now and and if nobody wants to say it, it's the Chinese. They they have like twenty five New York cities. Mm. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, they have sure. like twenty or twenty five New York. I can't even imagine that. That's yeah, crazy. I've been to
2: New York. It was pretty. wild pretty wild pretty bustling dude it was like holy shit. there's just too many goddamn people here yeah (laughs) you know and then imagine a country that has that many it's it's wild to think about because i've never been to china i've i've met chinese people like in this country but i can't imagine there's a place on this planet that's like has billion more than a billion people yeah like mitch said 20 new york cities they do all the manufacturing of the planet basically and uh they're on the precipice of launching their own cbdc (laughs) and uh they're the position number two right now and we know definitively they want to be number one at some point right they 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 will want to rely on the dollar as the world's reserve currency right
1: it all starts with them taking taiwan
2: okay yeah taiwan (laughs) that's that's so if we're looking for an indication of uh you know
1: so why is that because they believe that taiwan is a part of china so you know when the Just 40, like Hong Kong, right? No, Hong Kong was under British rule for a long time, and then they said, like in ninety nine or like it was like in rush hour. You remember in rush hours, like <laughs> yeah, Hong Kong is his own independent, yeah. like whatever. And they had an agreement with China when they fully became, you know, China. it was like it was like twenty years or something. Yeah, um, but Taiwan and China, they have some really bad blood. If you ever met somebody from Taiwan, they they have like rage against the chinese you know i knew a ti- a taiwanese guy he's like he's like china's not the real china we're the real china and it, mm. and it goes the inverse way because you know during the cultural revolution they killed all their like intellectuals who are democratic and where they flee to the taiwan and they created their own nation mm. and when the chinese tried to uh invade taiwan i think was in the 70s we said no we'll we'll fight you Oh that shit was, that's and that's why we're still saying that. This should have been solved 50 years ago, yeah. but now we're we're again they kicked the can. why, why did the-
2: why did the United States feel the need to defend Taiwan like 50 years ago, you think? Stop like,
1: the spread of communism?
2: Oh yeah, we already were on that like mission, right? Yeah, yeah Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam yeah. and it hmm. oh, makes a lot of sense. Fuck. Wow. Yeah, cuz you don't want again, so this whole like China and I guess the communist system trying to topple the United States has been like a much Longer dilemma than we realize. This is this stems way back, like since 60s and probably even the 50s, right? And it's right now we don't look at China like as like like a in the same image of communism. I guess they looked at probably like in the 80s because China just looks like another capitalist society from our perspective. Yeah. Other than like the they uh, get to dictate. Yeah. Other than that. Well,
1: they have like (laughs) don't they have like their Muslim people like in camps? Like oh, in that's like right slave camps,
2: yes, that's something that was spreading around social media for yeah. a bit but seemed to quickly get swept under the rug and like people would just forget that there's like a what do you call that a genocide yes yeah, that's happening right. on earth that's
0: right yeah
1: a little
2: a little Unbelievable that, that.
1: Yeah, a little convenient, isn't it? Because, <laughs> you know, we're we're tied to them so economically. It's like how NBA players won't speak against China because yeah, that's right. You know they're they're the number one NBA supporters. They love the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: it's one of those things. Is like we rely on China so much, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to disrupt what's going so well at the moment, but.
1: But the narrative is starting to change.
2: So then, what, what do you see as an outcome? Like, what do you think the end game to all this is?
1: I, th- I think within this decade, uh, the U.S. and the Chinese are going to go to war for whatever reason. And why I think the signs are there is because if you look in the news, now you're starting to see a bunch of anti-China messages. And, mm-hmm. and what that tells me. Oh, they're, is, they're prepping the, yes, the mentality. They're, yeah, they're prepping. I the have American been noticing that public.
2: The balloon thing. Yes. What the fuck was that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> First everyone thought aliens were invading. But then we clearly ties it's like, no, dude, this is China sending balloons spying on all of you and uh, you know, accessing our airspace without our permission. That sounds like almost like an act of war, but they're getting people pissed. Yeah. It's like, dude, you, you can't send balloons over here. It's like let's send balloons back. It's like already in the sentiment is shifting, which is terrifying when you think about it. And yeah. and
1: the only reason the The United States decided to shoot down that balloon was because some rancher saw it, and mm. to me, they knew that balloon was over the states. But if you tip your hand and saying and the, and you start shooting balloons down, you you showed the Chinese what your aerial defense is. That's mm. what it just tells me, and that's mm-hmm. why they don't shoot those balloons down. They know mm-hmm. that they can see, mm-hmm. but you know since there's yeah. a. A, a, like a whistleblower vigilante yeah, like yeah. Like yeah, yeah there's like a frenzy and so I was like oh now we got to shoot this balloon down
2: and and the rest of them that are out there i guess are being spotted by
0: like ufo yeah enthusiasts. ufo hunters yeah yeah that's that's wild man so that makes sense so now we have these balloons flying up above <laughs> and they're not shooting it down on purpose to not show their hand
1: yeah
0: um and they know wh- what is a balloon going to tell the chinese government
1: I think like the the purpose of those balloons is that they can see stuff that um they can see stuff that their satellites can't see and it gets and it gets closer
0: so they get higher resolution images of the ground mm. and and maybe they get to see like some activity with the military and stuff which is important not to sh- to show right but I mean I, I can't believe a balloon I, I feel like they could just launch them satellites higher resolution and just like do the same thing
1: or maybe they were doing something with their crops and the balloon got up. like, nobody knows the, the, the real truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Or those balloons came from the United States and they said it came from China just to shoot it down and be like, you build that narrative. Exactly.
1: I don't know if they wanted to build the narrative, they could have, and, and I think they will, I think they will talk more about how like the Chinese store technology through those hacks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot, but the but the the, the main thing I'm trying to get a, across is is that when you look in the news, it becomes more anti- china. and the reason why I think we're going to war soon is because the conditions are just ripe for the Chinese people and the American people. The, yeah the, I, I mean the American leadership. I don't mean the people.
2: What are the conditions you're talking about? like it's economic, right?
1: it's it's definitely economic conditions and and also it's a rising power versus an established power the rising power being china and if you listen to the chinese talk and you listen to what letters they're sending out against the united states Mm -hmm. like if you read some of their other stuff they're calling us bullies Mm -hmm. imperialist okay like we use our our military weight to control country which is all true yeah uh and from the and from our point of view we're going into a recession uh there's an election year coming up and and you know let's be honest that uh you know during during wartime there's there's not a change of leadership and and do i think that the people in power are psychopaths enough to do it <laughs> yes i do
2: hm but w- which people <clears throat> change in leadership meaning like a new president, new
0: president? yeah like yeah, so
2: exactly- didn't like world war 2 like who was it? Um, FDR. FDR. Yeah. He had like an extended term, right? He yeah, had like three, a third term.
1: They had to, I think they created an amendment to stop that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. But that's what you're we saying though. So then maybe this is like, a. so then isn't this like, uh, cause Biden is, is the president, the cabinet, the, that has kind of like definitely added a much more aggressive, like geopolitical stance for the United States than, than before. This isn't a political podcast. You don't claim any like side of the fence, yeah. without a doubt. But there's no question. Like whenever Trump was in power, didn't themes like seem like more peaceful? <laughs> like United States it and Russia seem. relations were much more established, even with North Korea. They didn't seem you, more peaceful. He crossed the DMZ zone for the first time. Like didn't it seem?
1: Is the only person who ever did that? Yeah, yeah.
2: didn't see like I, uh, China. I think the only thing he was doing was like raising tariffs against them or something like that, making them pay what they owe. Well, basically,
1: yeah, he had to raise the par- tariffs because, like, like we were talking about, yeah, when, when there's foreign importers, how do you stop them from importing so much? You have mm-hmm. to, you have to raise tariffs on them and make it more expensive for them to do business in the United yeah. States. And where did that money go? Into the treasury, mm-hmm. lowering the debt. That, that was perfect. Yeah, so yeah. it was a good
2: policy but yeah i guess because you're saying you know because people in positions of power they they look at war as a vehicle to maintain that position so then the cabinet that's in power right now is basically the, the you know the liberal party yeah, right the, the democratic you know, the,
1: party you know, yeah the biden yeah you know, obamas so
2: this whole like increased stance of aggression is potentially like a a way to ensure that they don't lose out the next election cycle is what you're saying
1: yeah and then you have the uh you have the Republican parties who are part of the, you know, that core group of people, you know, when you, when you look at the, the Senate and the Congress, like you can kind of see who's playing for what teams, whether they be a Republican <laughs> or Democrat, right? Like the Mitch McConnell's of the world are playing on the same side of, of the Pelosi's. And then you have like those out, outliers, like, mm. Let's say like uh who is that like the lower Lauren Boberts or mm-hmm. but then like on on both sides of the media you see it's like oh this part, let's play some like clip that makes them look stupid and then like when you talk yeah. to them they sound like normal people
2: yeah yeah okay
0: <laughs> god damn <Yeah. laughs>
1: Dude, we've gone off to the deep end now so let's so try. I want
0: to I want to ask you I want to <laughs> ask you so what scenario for for all of the crypto listeners out there what scenario leads to a million dollar bitcoin and yeah
1: oh man that's a that's a real good question to me um what leads to a million dollar bitcoin is that uh, more people are aware of bitcoin mm. and, uh, and the reason why that i think bitcoin holders are still in a minority is that you know i work in the corporate world and i'm the only one who's talking about blockchain out of you know hundreds yes, of course and thousands of people like, I'd, I've i taught a lot of people how blockchain works.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but do, do we, does, do like, does everyone in society need to be able, just like nobody, most people don't understand even how money works, why the dollar even exists. You know, th- these are like matters that a very small segment of the world actually have any real contributing part of, right? Yeah. That's why, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I think it's a different macro uh, consideration, like what's going to get Bitcoin. Yeah. And you know? so,
1: like, you know, if you think, um, or at least from my point of view, if you think war is going to happen and, like, dis- disrupt global- globalization, which, mm-hmm. you know, I I think is coming to an end, you're going to see, like, more regional trading, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, maybe the United States won't do business with China anymore. Maybe yeah. they'll do it with Vietnam or maybe they'll do it with, like, yeah. South America or yeah, or Europe or Africa. And then it's like, oh... The, the dollar isn't was like it's in their reach, and now it's not like something that you use all over the world. Where does the money flow? It has to flow somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do the people trust? Yeah.
3: Hmm.
2: So, basically, like, there has to be my massive instability across the entire system in order for, because for, we talk about, you know, the million dollar predictions, the amount of capital like allocation to the Bitcoin itself is like tremendous. We're talking what? Like four or five trillion dollars, or four or five like that.
0: trillion to be—is um, it a million dollars? I think roughly, and that puts it like half of
2: like the whole market cap of precious metals. I mean, does it, it's not unfeasible that can happen without war? But like, is that a necessary? I don't think war has to happen, right, in order for for that much liquidity to be like transferred over to Bitcoin.
1: What do you think that has to happen to where we get a million dollar Bitcoin?
2: Well, like you're saying, just enough people, I guess, losing confidence in like this whole thing we've just been talking about, like the United States being, should have the number one position of power, like the financial dictator, essentially of like the global economy, right?
1: None of that, none of that sounds good. I know, yeah.
2: I, I I agree with you. I'm in the same camp as you, dude.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> 10X Bitcoin is 270,000. So that's a $5 trillion market cap.
2: Oh, that's only 10, oh God, so you need like a, Bitcoin has to be more valuable than gold in order to be a million dollars. So
0: it needs to be $20 trillion for it to be... Like twice as valuable as gold, basically. Yeah. To be a million dollars. Shit. In that that
2: scenario, yeah. Maybe there probably already is either war happening or or war already has happened. happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In order for that to happen, you know. That seems like tremendous. $20 trillion? Fuck, dude.
1: And they would only... Unless they like... increase the speeds on Bitcoin something else, maybe, maybe Bitcoin is the digital gold, but something Mm -hmm. else has to be in its place that can move quick, quickly for commerce.
2: Well, that's, I guess the whole Ethereum, like DeFi system, right? Or like, or, you know, that's, that's, so yeah, Bitcoin is perceived to be the actual digital gold and Ethereum is like the digital financial system, like, and what's being built on top of it. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's all being worked out. It's going to take obviously many, 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 many more years, for the protocols even be like trustworthy and reliable. Right. And this is going to take even many 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 more years after that for like government regulation and adoption, right? So
1: If you want to put on your less doomer hat, the the other scenario that I see happening is if if the metaverse becomes big mm. and there's mm. a whole digital economy like Red, Red, ready player one where you put on those glasses and there's like a whole another economic system yeah. within the world. That I can see happening.
2: Dude, that's a tremendous like. Uh, Dude, that's yeah. That's literally like the thesis of our book <laughs> that we haven't written yet. But that as like the only potential, I guess, escape route for all these things we're talking about: potential financial dilemma, obviously automation and AI like replacing humans' needs like in this physical realm for to to work essentially. We there might be feasibly like a future where we're just not needed anymore because technology is that fucking awesome. So you're right. So then where do we go? Where do we implant our consciousness to like contribute to a new economy, right? It's got to be something like this. Yeah, it's only naturally
1: to go inward.
2: Yeah. But see, I think you've come to that conclusion because you had the same experience I do. Like we played WoW together. we Will missed out on that whole fucking revelation.
1: Yeah, WoW was pretty good time. <laughs> I had fun.
2: Yeah, fun. But you're also, you were able to literally port your existence into a digital realm and like almost forget like our physical bodies. Like you remember those days, dude? Yeah. Like we had total disregard for our own physical form <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for like entire summers, dude. Like yeah. we were like locked in, like water jug in hand, just in case so we don't die. But a, like
1: a two gallon jug of water sitting next to me, so I can spend more time farming and exactly. instead of going to get drink of water. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty.
2: When you think about it, we were like the prototype users of the metaverse. So like when we were playing WoW, we played for like a decade almost, and so that's exactly what happened. The metaverse is like the mature version of what WoW prototyped, essentially. Yeah. You know, because the economy, the robustness, and of course, you're gonna have real, tangible value being generated with your time spent. We didn't fucking get anything for all that time we spent. Just good. Memories. Just good times. <laughs> that's it. But those days are over, dude. We're gonna need good times plus gains yeah I mean? th- this
0: is the same conclusion we made independently with uh, mm-hmm. the whole ai automation uh, removing jobs people are gonna have to be doing something and that something could be in the metaverse and i, can, I, and I, think, I can't
2: think of anything else to be honest like
0: and, and so many people are disenfranchised outside of the united states that yeah. they don't have the opportunities that we do and and maybe you know our opportunities are dwindling in the next you know couple of decades just independently macro yeah. conditions, <clears throat> but without having those opportunities, they have access to the internet, right? All you need is access to the internet to access a digital layer of of society. Yeah. And so I I, I agree I agree with your potential outcome of the metaverse being sort of like a, a safe haven. A fucking for, lighthouse, dude. At yeah, this point. A lighthouse, yeah.
2: At this point, if we need some sort of saving grace, dude. I mean what else could it possibly be? Like, what are we going to be doing on a day-to-day basis with AI? And if everything falls apart in the traditional financial system, we're going to rely on digital counterparts, I guess, to kind of like support us. Like w- w- what do you envision humanity like is re- our purpose in oh, that reality?
1: Oh, okay. I'm like, what do I envision humanity in the future? If AI becomes what I think yeah. it's going to become. So, how I understand AI and, and what it's going to be with this machine learning is that like in a week he can do 20,000 years of research. Yeah. So much. I, I wonder what something that can do 20,000 years of research would be, how powerful it would be. Like, will we listen to the AI God? Do we?
0: Yeah. We suspect that that's the case. And I, yeah. I think,
1: I think we would have to like, I think that's the next stage of evolution to where we become cyborg. I think Elon Musk might be right here where we put the the plant in the brain Mm -hmm. or the, the chip in the brain. We like get AI superpowers and we have to become AI to survive. Yeah. So if we die, it dies because I can totally see the other scenario was like, man, humans are useless. Humans, yeah. <laughs> A <is> burden. <laughs> yeah.
2: We already think of ourselves as that. So it was like something more intelligent than us will will definitively yeah. understand that and have no like self-preservation bias against that conclusion. That's, you know what I mean? That's probably yeah. the
1: only governor because the cat's already out of the the bag. If you saw chat GBT and you're like, whoa, this thing's extra smart. <laughs> And yeah. that's just a language model. Yeah. Imagine if you could do computations. Or economic model. Yep.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. It, it'll come out. It'll invent Bitcoin on its own. <laughs> For something better? <laughs> yeah.
2: What if it makes something better than Bitcoin, dude? Are you all in? Well, I would yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what could be better than Bitcoin, but though?
1: then would you have to be if if the AI overload, you know, took care of, like, all the money needs and everything?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We we spoke to an AI uh, guy, personal AI and um, you know, I asked him, it's like, if AI had access to enough information, could you ask it? Can you give us a better strategy to govern all our resources? And he said, yes. It would be able to tell you a, a better strategy to govern resources so that everybody gets food mm-hmm. so that everybody has enough resources for everything. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all based off of uh, technology, right? Automation. You have enough automation. You can just pump out food. Mm-hmm. There's no s- scarcity in food. What are we, what are we really doing here? Yeah.
1: Well, we'll see thing. We'll see. Will that makes all good sense and all, but you f- take one thing out of the equation, it's like the people aspect, it's right? Like people have egos. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I see in ego is like, let's say somebody creates a process and then somebody else says your process is wrong. And this is why, and they give a good reason. Like, are you hurt that your process right. is wrong or is your ego hurt? Cause you created that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's the same thing. People have, you know, feelings. You would have to become a robot.
0: But I feel like with AI, you would just ask the AI, what's the most optimal process? And they're just, give it to you
1: yeah we have a lot of optimal processes like on the road for example but people are still jerks
0: yeah that's true yeah but but then people are jerks that's why you take the the ability for them to drive and all of a sudden we got a flowing society right
1: yeah that 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 is you know a good good scenario and but i i still you would have to take the human element out of it completely and let them we'd have to surrender our wills to the ai yeah, I totally that's agree. True. Yeah, which I, is
0: asking for a lot, but I
2: guess there has to. I don't think that's such a big leap to make, especially like uh, it's probably going to be tested and proven like, again yeah. in the Web three space, especially because like already, yeah. you know, the whole concept of DAOs is being disrupted because of humans, <laughs> like us, as being like the mediaries between like you know. Yeah. Voting and all that coming to consensus, right? Like, because everyone has different feelings, different egos, different, whatever the fuck, personal biases, agendas. It's really tough to have a distributed ecosystem govern anything. But if we all at least come to the agreement, it's like AI is superior. No human on earth is ever going to have access to that amount of information or knowledge. So why would we ever like dispute it or allow ourselves to make decisions like that in the future? Let's just outsource it to this AI, let it govern the future of of any of everything when it comes to organization
0: right I mean, it's, hard. it's it's seems hard. reasonable
1: it's hard to say because like let's say neuralink works right and your iq increases like even twofold mm-hmm. would you be first in line to get that neuralink absolutely because you, why first in line
0: for, well for well like, after it's been <laughs> tested and
1: i wouldn't even wait until then i would try to get in first because imagine the implications yeah. You're the, you're like the first, you're the smartest man that ever became because you changed your brain. Yeah. yeah. Imagine how much power you would have. Yeah, I know. So yeah. that's, that's the problem right there. Yeah. Yeah. You become
0: the best trader. You would never have any emotions just because it's just like. It's like
2: that movie out of basically Limitless. Yeah. You just make
0: sense. Like, of yeah. course, I'm going to buy Bitcoin at 28,000.
2: Yeah, and then you could all of a sudden you know kung fu, <laughs>
1: yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know kung fu. You can create multi-trillion-dollar companies, yeah, and then yeah. before everybody else, like, would you even want to give that power to everybody? What if you? Yeah. What like, do you do? What if you came up with something in your head? It's like I can't give everybody this wisdom, and there you have problems already.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of problems for sure, and that's the thing, man. Government's not even like. They're so far behind in
0: understanding all these implications.
2: <laughs> and like they, they are. There's no shot of them ever like stepping in to they, slow things down.
0: They asked TikTok if by having access to my Wi-Fi, does TikTok have access to my Wi-Fi?
2: Yeah. Like, like <laughs> questions like that. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Oh lord. I mean, yeah. I mean, do, does it? So, so yeah. I, I think what he was trying to ask in in not so like techy ways was. When you when you connect your phone to your Wi Fi, does your phone have access to the network within your, your Wi Fi? Meaning, if I have a server connected to my Wi Fi, does my phone or TikTok have access to my server? So that's really what he was asking. But he just asks, is like if you connect TikTok to your Wi Fi, does it have access to the network? And like he says, Well, yeah, it has access to the network because that's how you get information into your phone, it's through the network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So but yeah.
1: I'm I'm still on the ban. It's just, uh, it it just makes sense that it's a national security threat. And plus, TikTok is
0: relatively useless. If if we ban it, or it just like disappears off the planet, nothing changes.
1: Well, we have an all. We have like that Google Short. So like yeah. people would just move to and, and you know yeah. I'm perfectly. It's it's not that I'm against TikTok. It's that our adversary controls the pop propaganda, which is fed in to the American people, which causes divisiveness. Yes. That's yeah, what I'm and, they,
2: and they don't allow us to do it to them, so why should we allow them to do it to us? Like, exactly. no American company even can exist in China. Like, they just replicate and then just yeah. You know, yeah, force us out, so.
0: I agree with that sentiment, dude. I think we should ban it.
2: Dang, dude, it happened. They yeah. got us. <laughs> they got us, dude. Yeah. But I'm glad through this discussion we've identified at least one beacon of hope, and it's the metaverse, dude.
0: It <laughs> is. Slash Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoin's
2: part of the metaverse, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, um, here's the here's the thing. With because people. it
2: can't all be doom. It's just yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I
1: don't. Yeah, that's what I said. It's the metaverse, or there has to there has to be a major paradigm shift for crypto to become adopted. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Hundred percent. And I haven't seen the thing that has done. I know it's somewhere there down the line. And, like, there's going to be some cryptocurrency that does something cool in the blockchain that solves some major problem, which every corporation is going to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: Will says that, too. Like, it's kind of difficult to identify, like, the killer product so far of, like, Web3. I mean, I, 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 I disagree. I think, I feel like NFTs kind of are the killer product considering like it's the number one consumer product ever since I the think, iphone i think like for, for an one.
0: industry it is a killer product because yeah. gaming you can own yeah. the digital assets now that's, that's such a big deal that people are people in the gaming industry are down, downplaying the value of that
2: uh, well yeah because it just it hasn't been adopted fully yet you know yeah, but like it, we get it but yeah, once, it will. a lot of these things make a lot of sense just like, like nfts might be that vehicle that you're talking about where things
0: Oh, I
1: see the yeah. value in it. Like, let's say you have like a deed to your house, right? Exactly. That, yeah. That's the NFT. Now that's if perfect. They did that, that yeah. would stop all kinds of fraud. Perfect yeah.
2: example. Yeah. Like you just digitally wrap things. So there's, there's verification of everybody's like asset ownership. It's a big thing. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't have to rely on third party intermediaries to like, you know, yeah. transfer assets around. You you actually have true ownership of your real, of your worth, yeah. your value. But yeah. I
1: feel like there's something bigger than that, that that we have figured or that's in development right now.
2: Mm, well, that's literally what our job is to find that thing, dude. It <laughs> is. Yeah. Like we literally just on a day to day basis is we're trying to find the next big thing. And there's a lot, there's a shit ton out there. There is looming. like, but it does all feel like it's all wrapping and it's going to all end up in like one final outcome which I think it is the metaverse can be referred to it as that it's just, it's just traversing physical to a digital existence. Yeah. That's all it is.
1: Well, do you think it's just going to be like one, one It's going to be like one blockchain that talks to all the other blockchains, but the, the difference is it does something really cool that we haven't thought of because mm. there's a bunch of blockchains that talk to other blockchains, right? Yeah. Ethereum, Polkadot, uh, what's it, what's the other, just like Ethereum. Cosmos. Cosmos. Yeah, shit's on now. All <laughs> very sexy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Solana, very yeah. nice too. But but there hasn't been like one killer breakthrough product. Now I what agree. Ethereum has was DeFi. Yeah, That was very cool. But but now we need to expand beyond that.
2: No, you're right. And then the, part of that same conversation of um, not being able to identify the killer product of Web3 yet is the fact that we haven't even figured out the infrastructure layer to Web3 yet. Like what is the wide scale standard? that every app developer should kind of like tap into. I mean, right now, Ethereum seems to be the layer two ecosystem of Ethereum seems to be like the yeah. front runner candidate to that. But yeah, we're just, everything's just not launching like literally yesterday. <laughs> so well, like, it's unproven. I, I think
0: if if you look at it from an objective point of view, the killer app has been money for cryptocurrency. The, yeah. the only problem with that being the killer app is that it, it takes, requires adoption of humanity in order mm-hmm. for it to take hold. I mean, imagine we we talked about the fed for like 70 to 80 percent of the conversation and they pretty much control everything imagine if you had a, a money where no one controlled any aspect of it nobody mm-hmm. yeah like that's to me that's the single most powerful thing that it is we've
2: ever created it is but the thing that's required in order for that to come to fruition is is the p- people who do control money to right. surrender to that, of that control that's and that's the problem that's
0: why we, yeah. we haven't leverage the killer app of no, blockchain it's unleverageable
2: until like until, y- until, there's until wars humanity can kind of like like shoot themselves in the foot i think it's still
1: yeah. gonna be managed uh that's why they have all this proof of stake stuff and voting stuff because it still has to be managed by people yeah why the mm. federal reserve was created was to to stop bank runs mm-hmm. in yeah. like 1913 i don't remember yeah. the history but that was yeah. the design because Back in the day, they had like a bunch of decentralized banks, and like one would go over, go under, and there'd be a bank run. And they're like, "Okay, yeah. we got to stop this. Let's yeah. Yeah, create yeah, yeah, one." Yeah. And what happened? We stopped a bank run. Like yeah. what two or three weeks ago. That's so there has there still has to be some yeah of course. somebody managing it. And a thousand think, percent. And I think at the end at the end of things, I think there's. There's still gonna be like a bunch of big brains controlling whether it be a blockchain or something. Maybe you say AI and AI yeah. is a big yeah. brain. Yeah, you know? I totally uh, agree. So, well, I'm I'm interested to see what happens, and I think that's gonna happen really soon too.
0: Yeah, dude, we're we're alive at the most interesting <laughs> like inflection point humanity, oh, humanity? Has seen yet.
2: Oh yay! Yay for us, dude! It's like a double edged I mean, thing though. It's going to be good or bad, and I don't want to be around for like the bad. That's the you? problem. Okay, if if <laughs> to Earth, be honest, if
0: Earth ended in like this huge uh, asteroid like hit, wouldn't you want to be there to see it? If it if it were absolutely
1: happened? not. Really? <laughs> no, I don't want to see myself. Like, yeah, I getting...
2: want to die with like my family around me, like a nice cozy death. You density. could. I don't want to with the a rock. Boom. The most destructive force ever (laughs) imposed on us. It's like, yeah, dude, that's how I fucking went out. It's
1: like, yeah, good thing Will told us to look up this rock that's about to kill us all. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, but I know your sense of it. It's like, that. at least that'd be like a last spectacle before you go out. this
1: is the end,
0: right? This is it. We get to see it.
2: Yeah, but the things that actually might end things are going to be much more slow motion, you know? Slow motion despair. Not a fucking yeah. quick boom. No, no, for sure. It's like, uh-oh, But we AI. get to see something, right? Yeah.
0: Something is going to happen within our lifetime that's going to go down in the history books. Whoa. thousand percent.
1: Financial, to Iraq war, to, uh, Y2K, financial crisis one, financial crisis two, COVID, and now like World War three proxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We saw the orange man win the presidency. A bunch <laughs> of stuff has happened in the past 20 years. That's
0: true. But that's that's my point. It's like we get we're we were alive before Bitcoin. That's like a very important point of time. Yeah, yeah. If it all pans out the way you're
2: predicting it, yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a blip. It's like, oh man, that was an, that was like the blockbuster of uh yeah. And we still don't <laughs> of know finance
1: because remember in 2019, I was saying we haven't been alive since since the money printer wasn't or Bitcoin was created when the money printer was turned on. And, um, there hasn't been a, p- a point in time when the money printer turned off, Right. And I was, right. remember I was saying there's a chance of economic recession in like two to three years. Well that like, I didn't, I didn't predict that the economists did at the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it kind of all played out. And so now we're getting to see what happens with Bitcoin and whether right. this experiment will, what, what will happen yeah. it, pretty much.
0: Well, and that's a good cliffhanger because we won't know what happens. But for now, it <laughs> gives us good motivation to continue this podcast because,
2: yeah. I mean, we're never going to run out of content. No, we're definitely sure. not. There's always going to be something to talk about, dude. We're definitely like covering the most interesting of frontiers, crypto, Web3, AI, Metaverse. Metaverse. Come on, dude yeah we got we got it going Fusion. on and <laughs> no we don't talk about that
0: dude <laughs> <laughs> Fusion? that's will's uh, big I'll explain thing. I'll explain, it. I'll explain it later <laughs> all right guys let us know if you have any questions we went deep we went we talked about Jerome Powell Federal Reserve collapse of the United States potential World War III let us know if you have any co- comments in the section uh, below on YouTube and uh follow us on Twitter at the block at metazone.io IO and at Roby AI, and we will catch you in the next video peace